contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. My name is Brad Hebner, and I will guide you on your journey to mastery of your construction business. You can find Hammer and Grind on all the social media platforms. Just search for Hammer and Grind Podcast. Now, if you're looking for more help, you can check out our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group. I do free trainings in there, and it's a great community to be a part of. Now, if you're serious about making more money, saving more time, and creating a business that supports your lifestyle, check out my paid coaching group called The Profit Club. I've put together a proven system for creating a winning business. Now, listen, I'm so confident that you will succeed in my program. I'm now offering a 10x ROI guarantee. That means if you don't make at least a 10x return on your investment within a 12-month period, I will refund you the full amount. You can find out more information about The Profit Club at hammeringgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. All right. On today's podcast, I have a very special guest, Michelle Lewis. Michelle Lewis is a color psychology and brand messaging expert who helps entrepreneurs find the uniqueness of their messaging, create strong brand videos, and craft powerful pitches to land features. Founder of Visibility Vixen, She is a leading authority on color psychology, brand positioning, and publicity strategy. She's helped thousands of entrepreneurs land their dream features and impact their ever-expanding audience with her techniques. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on here. Hey, Brad. I'm thrilled too. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to talk about color. Yeah, absolutely. First, I want to say I love the visibility vixen. I love alliterations and any kind of name or anything. So you've already won me over right from the start. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good to hear, right? Why don't we start with kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you become the Visibility Vixen? Absolutely. Well, the name came from me trying to trademark another name and it being blocked and me looking on GoDaddy because I don't know about anyone in the audience, but I tend to be a domain hunter. It's just Mm -hmm. like, it feels like every day it's like, oh, this would be great. Oh, this would be great. So I literally looked at my domains and I saw Visibility Vix and I was like, I'm going to do it. And that's what I trademarked on the phone with LegalZoom uh, when we came into that barrier. So that's how the name was chosen. I literally just grabbed it out of the hat. But my background is actually in film and television. I worked, grew up in it. My dad was a director producer. And then I worked in it for about 10 years. Also got my film and TV degree. And then after, you know, working that for a while, having a project taken from me. I just couldn't do that anymore. So I bailed out of the industry and was like, well, what am I going to do now? And I started with an ebook and then an e-course and then, you know, got the bug and started diving into entrepreneurship. So my unique perspective on color comes from film and TV. I also studied interior design and got a degree in that and also plant-based medicine. So that's why my perspective on color is a little bit different because I've studied it in so many different modalities. Well, that's exciting. I'm I'm curious, any TV shows or movies that we would know that you worked on? Oh, maybe. Are you not allowed to say? Uh, (laughs) No. 
I can say. Uh, let me see. The first one that I was like in that I can remember was Paycheck. I don't know if you've seen that movie with Ben Affleck. Yeah, uh, yeah I remember that. I, it wasn't anything exciting. I was a nursery customer in the very last scene. But when you see the blonde girl in the blue sweater, that's me. Uh, and then I worked as a stand-in for many years, and I worked on the remake of Melrose Place, Pretty Little Liars, and Chuck, where I met my husband. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a pretty good lineup there of movies and shows. So, My dad's well, and my husband's are much more exciting, but I did a couple, uh, so it's good. <laughs> I have a, um, I actually hired a couple, I, I don't, you, you may know them, but I, I won't say their names, but they have a coaching program for like being on camera. Like how to be really good on camera. And so I hired them and they're writers and actors and stuff too. So cool. Small, small little uh, connection there. But so it really is with the film. Now tell me this because I know a little bit, but I don't know much. What, what's the deal with, with film and like the colors of orange and blue? Is it blue? Is that the other color? Well, I mean, usually whatever the show or movie is, is either in a warmer, palette or a cooler palette. And like, for example, when my husband was working on the show Criminal Minds, certain scenes had to take place overseas. Let's say, for example, South Africa. And they were really shooting it in a place called Valencia, which was just in the middle of nowhere outside the studio. But they would put like an orange filtered lens in front of the camera to give it more of that exotic feel because we associate orange specifically with more of those exotic locations and cultures. Okay. That kind of thing. Yeah. I thought I saw something where like a lot of oranges and blues are used in film. I, I may have, I might be making that up. So you would know more than I There's a book that's really interesting and it's called, if it's purple, someone's going to die. And that is all (laughs) about color symbolism in film and what it's used for. It's a really great book and it breaks down each of the primary colors and some other ones, purple, orange, yellow, green, red, blue, and what they specifically symbolize in film. So it's exciting when you see a movie where the production designer, you actually know that they did their homework on the colors. And so someone's in green early on and you know that, ooh, that might be the evil character and that kind of stuff. It can get really fun. Oh, I didn't, yeah. See, I didn't even know like there's certain colors assigned to certain characters and all that. So Oh, yeah. That may ruin a couple of movies if you know all that information. <laughs> It could. You have to be quiet when you're watching it with your husband or family because you'll ruin it and they'll yell at you. <laughs> For me, that's like the same. I was in the military. And so when I see watch action movies and there's all these explosions and gunfire, and I'm like, yeah, that's not realistic. You're like, that's, that's, that's fake. That's completely fake. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's get into the color. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the deal with color? Like, why is, why is color so important? Well, I think... When I'm asked this question, the first quote I like to give is that we have to remember that according to so many studies, only 7% of communication is verbal. And yet, especially for those of us that run businesses, those of us that have to market ourselves or we're hiring marketers, we tend to focus so much on the opt-in, the email sequences, the funnel, the product, you know, messaging, 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 but we tend to only focus on the verbal part of messaging. So according to that statistic, if that's all you focused on in creating your brand and business is the verbal part of messaging, well, then we know that there's 93% left that is communicated differently. And a huge part of that is visually. So, and a huge part of that is obviously color. So we have to be looking at our business from a more holistic perspective 
and understanding that just like someone who's watching a movie, just like the different studies that you can look up for yourself about color and how it physically causes a reaction, we need to take that in consideration when choosing our brand colors, especially knowing that it can be such a huge trigger, positive or negative, to get someone to not only trust us, but want to purchase from our brand. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Not to go too deep, but kind of a 30,000 foot view, like how does mm-hmm. someone know what colors do what? Do they do they go to you? Do they go online? Because like you said, you go online and you may get you know 10,000 responses and they're all different. Because I've done And this. you definitely like, will, yes. <laughs> Well, especially, and this is why I say like, please don't go to Google or Pinterest and just look it up because most people do this. They go, okay, my brand color is blue and I love it. It's my favorite color. And so I'm going to prove Michelle wrong, right? This is my color. And so they go onto like Pinterest or they go onto Google and they see one person that reports what that color is that may or may not be right. And they're like, yep, see, see, that's exactly it. I don't need to change anything. And it's like, well, okay, let's, let's hold up. Because we need to make sure that with our customer that we're doing a bunch of different things with color. The first thing is your primary color needs to be based on the emotion that you want your ideal client or customer to feel the first time they see your brand. What's important about that, you may say, well, no, my brand is reflective of me. Well, unless you're only trying to attract yourself, that's not really true, right? (laughs) That's fine. But in most cases, we want to attract a specific type of clientele. And so we need to figure out what's that one emotion? Is it motivation, hope, trust, joy, whatever it may be, and make our primary color choice based on that. And there's a lot other considerations we need. And we can go into that if you want to. But I think the bottom line is we really, really, really have to understand what each of these colors mean in order to tie it correctly to an emotion. Some people come into my color kit, which is just kind of the surface level of everything. And they're like, oh, well, I'm going to choose like, for example, they said orange because it symbolizes excitement and uh, motivation. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like get off of Pinterest. That's not what it means. You need to keep going because in a lot of ways, you have people that are associating color just based on design, just based on film, just based on emotion or whatever. We have to have a really holistic perspective of the true nature of a color to be able to tie it correctly to our brand. And that's so interesting because I, I know I'm going to have to connect with you later after the podcast. I, I, I bought the the course you were talking about, the little entry. Uh, I forget. Wait, what is it called again? Yeah, the color kit. Color kit. Yeah. I did sign up for the color kit. Unfortunately, I haven't even had a chance to go through it yet. But I, You're you going to probably here. see that comment. You're like, oh, I know the person that said that about Orange now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know like even my own brand with Hammer and Grind, you know, it probably needs to be updated a little bit. If you don't, if you haven't listened to any of the podcasts, but I, I'm pretty straightforward, part of, kind of a polarizing type of personality for, for, co- for contractors. It tends to get the point across sometimes a little bit better. I mean, contractors can be a little hardheaded and a little egocentric and prideful and all those things. But when it comes to colors, like how much of it really affects the buying decision? So, I mean, like obviously the brand, you have the brand, which is like the whole thing, right? The logo, all that stuff. But how much, I mean, someone's going to be saying, yeah, but my colors, you know, that's not really a big deal. Like how much of the color really affects that? 
And I hear that sometimes I have people who are millionaires that come to me and they usually want to consult because at that time in their business, now they're ready for publicity, right? But they've hit a roadblock because even though they're pitching, they're not getting accepted. And it can be a little bit frustrating because, you know, they have all this clout, they have the money, they have all that, but they don't necessarily have the name outside of their niche. And coming from more of a Hollywood background, like I could tell you on set, like no one necessarily knows who Amy Porterfield is, right? But anyone in the industry is like, Amy. So I think that in order to answer your question, what I tell them is, okay, well, you did not, and I'm not saying this about Amy, she's done this homework, but for other people that come to me with that struggle that are having a hard time with publicity, the first thing I do, look at their brand, look at the colors. Usually there's no intentionality whatsoever or it's incorrect. And so I say, okay, well, we need to do some branding. Well, no, I don't believe in that. You know, my brand is me. That's my brand and blah, blah, blah. And I said, that's fine. And they say, well, it's made me, you know, this much money so far. And I say, well, first of all, imagine how much more money you'd be making if you did this in the first place. And then second of all, if you want to get a publicist's attention, if you want to get a show booker's attention or want to be on TV or whatever, they're going to be coming to your press page, hopefully. Hopefully you're not sending a PDF and they're going to be able to look at that and see that color association. And it's going to help them associate you more prominently with leadership in order to book you. So in the same way, if you want to shorten, because you know they say it takes 10 to 12 touch points of someone seeing your business before buying from you. Well, our job is to hopefully shorten that timeline. And one of the best ways to do that is with color. Because like, for example, Hammer and Grind, if, is, is, if it's strongly associated with orange, and let's say you're putting up a Facebook ad or something and you have a stronger orange background, the next time that the person sees the ad or sees a post on social media or whatever, they're going to already be associating you with that color and it's going to be storing in their memory bank. So that's one of the biggest things that I can say versus just you posting in whatever outfit and black and white or whatever. Yeah, eventually your verbal message may get through, but why not shorten that time span to trust and sale with a visual? So like whenever people see me, they see more of this bright contrasty blue and that's how they remember me. So I have people that send me ads from other brands that have a similar color and they're like, oh, I thought this was yours because I'm so strongly tied to that color. Yeah, if you go to your website, you have that really, which is my favorite color, blue, by the way. So oh, good. That, that's even even bonus. But all all of your website is branded in that blue and your blouse you have is blue. And that's kind of yep. uh, what you have. So it's interesting. It sounded like you said, like even in your ads, like if you're running ads, the background should be consistent on all of your ads. Yes. Let me show you an example. So I'm working with AppSumo because yep. the podcast pitch kit is listed on their platform. And so they're like, Hey, we're going to start running some traffic to this. So we're going to be creating some ads for it. And I said, great. So they sent it to me this morning to preview. And for those of you that are listening, just watch the video and you're going to be able to see it, but it's that really, really strong, almost like a cobalt blue color. Well, when you see this in the feed, you're going to have a much stronger reaction and they're going to be able to see, okay, it's the podcast pitch kit. Yeah, but they're going to be tied to that emotion of that really strong motivation and trust with that blue color. So that's what's going to get them to sell much faster than if it was just whatever gray and brown and black. Yeah, like like what I sent you and said, don't make fun of my colors because (laughs) I sent you a... 
I sent you an image with a like a brick wall in the background, which is a dark blackish gray color and, you know, like grays and all these colors. So, but this like, is the eh, thing. Geez. We're not educated about this. Yeah. It's no one's fault if you feel that your brand is subpar, especially when you're coming to me. First of all, never feel that way. That's my job. So that's my joy. And second right. of all, I have so many people that come in and they're frustrated because they've been toiling and struggling for months because they were told by the industry, well, focus on your offers, focus on your message, you know, blah, blah, blah. Your brand is about you, blah, blah, blah. And then they were never shown anything about color. And they go, oh my gosh, like all I need to do is tweak the colors on my landing page. And then they see their sales spike. Like that's a big deal. And that's what we're here for is to start seeing a difference in that bottom line, whether your goal is sales, traffic, or something like PR. Yeah, absolutely. I first heard about you on the podcast with George. Uh, this is the yeah. mind of George. Is that what it's, I think it's what it's called. And he yep. was talking about his pink shoes. Yes, he uh, was. I was like, you know what? That's what I need to do. So I, look what I did. You can see I went out and okay. Hold it up for a sec because it's a little staticky. Let me see it again. Let me just take it off instead of (laughs) trying to do the splits. Yeah, he's got the blue shoes. I love it. I went out and bought me some blue Adidas (laughs) shoes because I'm like, that's I've always liked blue, and that's little that's my little pop of personality. Yeah, it's fantastic. What a great idea. So everyone's all the contractors, all these big burly rough guys are probably laughing at me now. And <laughs> no, they're thing. like out there spray painting their boots. They're like, yeah, this works for me, right? <laughs> they're probably actually working. A lot, of, a lot of the guys are listening while they're working. They got their yeah. earbuds in. Or, or they're working. <laughs> so I one of the things I wanted to say earlier, and I actually forgot, was that with being direct, because I always tell contractors is that everything you do externally is not about you. And that was touching about like on the colors, like, oh, I like these, like these really weird colors because that's me. And you're like, well, that's fine if you want to hire yourself. And that's so true with everything that we do. Like everything outward facing has to be for the customer. You know, what benefits the customer? And I see contractors, they'll have like a black truck with red letters on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is terrible. Like for one, you can't even see it. (laughs) Right. It, It blends in and, and especially for someone like myself who's partially colorblind, mm-hmm. like I can't even see all of the colors clearly. So it's just interesting with that. Like, I don't think it's kind of like a name too. Contractors are really terrible about naming their business. Mm-hmm. It's usually their last name, construction, last name, remodeling. And uh, this is something I, I preach a lot about is the naming aspect of it because it's so important later on. You know, it may not matter in the first couple of years when you're trying to grow, but later on when you really want to, if you want to scale that business or even sell it, it's going to be even more important then, but they don't think about it, right? And so it's the same with colors and the actual logos. And so I want to speak a little bit about like the brand itself and why the positioning of it's so important. Absolutely. Well, and especially like, I'm not sure how your audience advertises, but I'm thinking it's mainly they're doing their listings on Yelp and Google Maps and they have their truck and they have their business cards and that kind of stuff. So those types of visuals are really important. And I think the other thing that's really important is especially if you're showing up to have a meeting and to go over a property and what the person wants, it's really important to figure out what color you're going to be wearing. Like even though it may sound silly, you may increase your conversions just by choosing the right shirt color because you probably don't... Let me explain. 
There was this Russian scientist named S. V. Krakow in 1942 who did color experiments with blue and red. So he brought people in and he wanted to test their physical reaction when they saw each color. So with red, he noticed the pupils dilated, the heart rate went up, the blood pressure went up, you know, the palms started to sweat. And then with blue, notice the opposite. So the pupil stayed normal, heart rate went down, blood pressure went down, you know, very calming. So just by those real life experiments, you can see the difference in going to an initial meeting of wearing the color red versus the color blue, right? What do we want to symbolize to the customer, right? We want to show that we have expertise. We want to show that we are trustworthy. That's probably number one. And we want to show that we can get the job done. So I would say that would be a huge thing to take into consideration. And then that bleeds right into advertising and what you want to connotate. So I would be staying away from the reds unless it was an accent color. I would not be doing predominantly grays, blacks, and browns because it does not cause any type of reaction whatsoever in the body. So you won't get a response. And, you know, depending on your audience, you may want to stay away from you know, the purples and some of the colors that are associated with more mysticism and maybe uh, some of the pinks too. So really staying in more of the blue tones, the orange tones, like you have the green tones might be a little bit more harmonious and attractive to a customer. So with the, with, in regards to like the shirt, I mean, so would they, is that like they should pick the colors and then have that color shirt? Or does it matter if your like logo color is blue and green, but you wear a orange shirt? Does that matter? Does it matter if your shirt matches your logo in that, in that capacity? I don't think that that's necessarily the priority. Let me give you an example. So if I am going to meet someone for the first time, maybe it's a client, maybe it's in person, and maybe it's a relationship I want to develop, then I'm actually going to wear purple. Because purple is a lot about a relationship building, especially if it's with a female, I'm going to focus more on a purple color. If I'm giving a speech, then I'm most likely going to be in a blue. If I'm teaching a class, smaller amount of people, they already trust me, and then I'm giving them a specific subject, then I might be more in a red because I want to stimulate them and keep them awake. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that's, that's even more interesting. Using the colors in your closet as an arsenal for your intention in everyday life, I think is the goal. Well, that, that makes perfect sense for like someone where you don't let's say wear in your your logo or your brands. You know, a lot of contractors are going to have polo shirts or t shirts mm-hmm. with their you know their logos and brands on them. Totally. So I'm just wondering if like if it's a matter of changing your entire brand and then factoring in like your shirt colors that like your team wears or even what you're wearing on the sales call? Or can is it okay if you have a whole thing of colors, but you wear a different color shirt to the sales call? Is that okay to like break Absolutely. color protocol, if you will? <laughs> Absolutely. You don't need to always be on brand, I don't think. I think once you start the job, that's probably a consideration, especially for you and your team. It'll have a much more positive association with the homeowner or the buyer. And it's also going to help when people drive by and see that to trust you more and to want to hire your company. But I think to start out with, the first thing we all have to do Go to your closet and look at it and see, does it look relatively colorful or is it like a vampire's den? (laughs) 
for most of us, it's, it's like a vampire's den. <laughs> blue and gray and black. That's, there you that's go. basically it. Blue, grays, and blacks. <laughs> yep. And that is so common. I remember in college looking at my closet and going, oh my gosh, like it's all black and gray. So the first thing we need to do is start experimenting with wearing different colors. This is might feel a bit unnatural and it might bother you a little bit, especially as you change out of comfortable color palettes into ones you never wear. A lot of people don't like orange necessarily when they first start. But the important thing to understand is that since we know scientifically there's something called color medicine, that the body responds to all these colors, it's important for you to start getting comfortable wearing these colors to see how people respond to you, trying at different jobs, different shirt colors, just to see what gives a really positive association? You know, I think that that's a really interesting experiment and it can lead to some really interesting realizations. I mean, try it on date night, try it on family night, just see what happens and what people start responding to, because then it's going to be easier once you start introducing the habit to go, okay, I not only know that this is a good color for my customer, but it's a really good color for me and my team. So I'm ready to move forward. Don't just like change everything and throw a shirt on and just hope for the best. Like we need it to be a gradual change. Yeah, that's it's so funny you said that because after listening to you on uh, George's podcast, I started really like thinking about color. And so I have these shirts and this is like a dark charcoal gray color, but I also have mm-hmm. one just like it that's a, like a sky blue. And so when I wear the sky blue, it actually, it, I have blue eyes. So it just like all pulls out. And it, I mean, it, it affects like my own mood. Like I want to wear the blue shirt more than I want to wear this shirt, even though I don't want to necessarily wear the same shirt every day. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And once you start waking that up, it's a really exciting journey. I actually started writing a book on this because I think that it's so powerful and it's not something that we're taught and it should be. Like we should understand the colors we're putting on our walls. And especially for contractors, like, holy smokes, is there a lot of power in that? Especially if you're not necessarily working with the designer and the customer says, well, we're just going to do this, whatever color in the kitchen, red. Well, you can say like, uh, no, like (laughs) we should go more into this family unless you want to fight a lot and that's fine, but your turnover will probably be higher. So it can be really empowering in a daily life from what you're putting on your walls to what you're putting on your body. I didn't, I've never even thought about that. Like, and you know, we usually do whatever, not necessarily whatever the customer wants, but within reason. And so mm-hmm. if they're like, yeah, I want to paint that wall red, you may not even realize that like, they're going to be causing fights in their, in their own household. Exactly. I mean, a lot and of that, dogs, I've read research where dogs have freaking anxiety and they're wearing a red collar and the person changes it to blue and this anxiety subsides. Like, are you kidding me? It's such a powerful thing that we don't think about that can be influencing us positively or negatively every day. So we should at least have a basic knowledge of it so that we're not just, you know, under the whim of what other people decide. We can actually understand and make educated decisions. Yeah, that's that stuff's fascinating. Like the whole color thing is just it's, <laughs> it's just fascinating to me. <laughs> what about like in, in regards to the your brand? Like how do you know if you have a good brand? Like when I when when I say brand, I mean like the logo, the colors, like all that together. Like how do you how would someone listening to this know whether or not they have a good brand or not? Well, I think it depends on what their definition of a brand is, because I I could show you the most beautiful brand in the world, but it doesn't really matter how it looks if it's not converting customers, right? 
So I think that's the first indicator is how are your sales? How are your conversions? If you're going, okay, well, I'm just kind of getting started. Fantastic. The barometers we need to look at are traffic and what I call discovery calls, you probably call client calls or whatever that initial discovery calls. There you go. Okay, Okay, great. (laughs) Discovery calls, what that frequency is, and then what the percentage is to actually booking the job. So looking at all those barometers is really important. And, you know, I can't say a one size fits all because there's some people that have the worst brands in the world and they do really well, but that's usually the 1%. Right. The rest of us, I'm not a one percenter. I'm not a magic pony. Like this, this has been a tough go of it. And I'm glad it has because I can help other people who struggle. And that indicator is okay. Let's look at what those traffic sources are and how they're converting. In terms of logo, like you can go to my site, it's the most basic logo in the history of the world. So I think that's not a really hard part of it. I do think the important part of the logo and the site is the primary and secondary colors and the overall color palette. So that's what I'd be a little bit more worried about. Not worried, but, you know, focused on. Gotcha. Let's say you have, a, let's say a contractor's listening to this and he's like, you know, I don't think I have a good brand. Like, I don't think my colors are right. You know, changing brands, changing colors is a big deal, right? Like changing all of your website and all your business cards and everything. If you're changing logos and all that, like how much is it worth it to change the image, the brand? Like if you've identified that it needs to be changed, mm-hmm. like is there a way to quantify like how how much that's worth doing? You know, in other words, is it worth doing it or just suffering through it? <laughs> well, I don't want anyone to suffer through anything. Uh, <laughs> when people they say this to me, they're like, "Oh, I love the subject of color, and that's so amazing!" And da 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 da. But I don't want to change anything. Like that's a lot of work. I'm like, well, you've already put in a lot of work learning about the color. I know, but I'm going to hire a web designer and I'm going to have to change this and that. I'm like, okay, but if it gives you the results that you've been looking for, in this case for this show, that might be more regular work. That might be the ability to hire more people because of the regular work. That might be expanding your team. I mean, who knows what your growth may look like. Maybe you want to start getting more in the local press and newspapers and radios and be known as like the contractor for that area. Well, that does mean you're going to have to put a little bit more work into your marketing And there's no reason to market a subpar brand. So it really is the foundation from which everything grows, including sales, including publicity and marketing. So we have to have that strong foundation. I'm not saying you got to hire a web designer to redo everything, but can we just look at, okay, if I, my primary color, let's say right now for someone listening is gray because they liked the color and they're listening to this and going, you know what? I'm serving people, let's say in Oregon, in Northern Oregon, it's really green. Maybe I want to bring a little bit more green as my primary color and have gray as my secondary. Well, that's a pretty simple switch on Vistaprint for your business cards. And it's a relatively simple switch on your website. What's the worst case scenario? You're going to have to bring someone in to do your website for anywhere from $500 to $2,500. Is that worth it for that long-term growth you're looking for? I think the answer is absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Is there anything that you would say, like, for example, industry-wide, like anything that has to do with landscaping, like landscaping companies, they're always mm-hmm. greens or browns yeah. or yellows. <laughs> like, is there, should that match kind of the, the, the industry you're in or is the color still going to have certain effects no matter what, 
You want you know, that, that makes sense what I'm asking yeah, you? Totally. And you know, some people ask me, well, why did you choose blue? There's so many people that talk about these different things that chose blue. Blue worked for me. Uh, visibility was not a term in 2015. It was something that I helped bring to the space. And so I'm proud of that and I'm not going to change it. But if I was talking to someone who, let's say, was a landscaper, like you said, and they have they're competing against 20 local businesses, and let's say 75% of them, their primary color is green. Well, then I'm going to say, we're not going green, right? We're going to go a little bit different so that you can stand out, especially on the trucks and stuff while you're driving through the city. So I would do some research and see, okay, how are people responding to maybe purple? And how are people responding to maybe a really strong blue or a baby blue? and figure out from there how we could tweak the brand so that it would really stand out so that when you put an ad in a local newspaper or magazine, they're flipping through and they see those all the time. So they're conditioned to flip past what's going to make them stop. That would probably yeah, essentially be the advice. purple cow, right? I mean, that's yeah. you want to be the, the purple cow exactly. in the pasture. So Maybe I, in this again, case, never, like a purple rake, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that could be, that. yeah. Like I've seen uh, female carpenters that paint their tools pink, right? Yep. And it's not because it's like using it as this so-called feminine color. It's just mm-hmm. different. It's it, different. It makes you stop. It stops the scroll. It's like, wait a minute. Exactly. So that makes perfect sense. Like even for landscapers who are listening and everybody's green, like you, you don't have to be green just because you're, in a green industry, per se. I recommend sticking within the primary colors. And from what I've researched, the things I can back that affects the human body 100% physically, as well as the other ways, is red, green, yellow, blue, orange, and purple. Now, pink doesn't necessarily, it's technically not a color in the visible light spectrum. The reason why I had so many people that wrote to me and said, I'm so attached to my brand color. Everyone loves the color. Like you can't ignore pink or magenta. So that's what led me to doing all the research. And people do respond to those colors. Pink, they definitely feel more calm and more compassionate. Magenta, they feel more rebellious and more revolutionary. So I also have to include pink and magenta in that scope because people do respond to it. Yeah, and I think think you were saying on the podcast that like T-Mobile... They went with a magenta color. They did. They were kind of like the rebellious phone company. Yep. And it worked. They yeah. they really crushed AT&T. So AT&T is in a panic right now. It's exciting. Yeah. And I, I had Sprint and they, they took over Sprint. So now I guess I have T-Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to touch about is about kind of the publicity stuff. Like, yeah. how important is that for contractors to have? And when you... when Maybe you can clarify this for me, but publicity, I'm thinking like being on shows and news articles and things like that. Like, how important is that to your brand? Or, like, what would it, how would a contractor need to worry about this? Sure. So, specifically for contractors, you can think let's make visibility and marketing synonymous. And that can be your social media. If you're emailing people that are, if you have subscribers for some reason, you know, that kind of stuff. The things that you're doing organically to bring business in. Publicity is what you're doing on other people's platforms in order to grow awareness of your brand and potentially get more customers. So that's going to be your podcasting, your radio, your magazines, your print, etc. 
So the first thing I need to say is, especially if you're, let's say, paying for advertisement in a magazine, you need to be able to afford for that to bring you nothing and no results. Publicity is not a guarantee of return on investment. And I think that's where a lot of people get misguided, even in my industry, where they think, oh, if I invest in ads or if I just, you know, book this top podcast that I have to pay $2,000 to be on, like it's going to get me all these customers. There's never a guarantee. So I'm sure we all know that here, but I just got to say that in case there's someone out there that is thinking about doing that. When you feel like you're at the point of getting some more publicity, you can absolutely start with some incredible avenues. The first thing I would do since we're in such a digital space is I would look for, are there any podcasts in your industry for landscaping, for contractors? Look around. I mean, look at this show. So you might find something that you can guest on. Or you might find a show like this one where you could maybe potentially be a sponsor. So those are some fun things that you can definitely do. Otherwise, you can look up your local radio stations. You can look up your local newspaper, television, magazines, and get some features going on in there. In that case, what I would do is specifically figure out what can you pitch that's unique. For example, I live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And in the newspaper and in the magazine, they usually feature a certain prominent entrepreneur or business owner or whatever about once a month. So you might have something like that in your area. And how cool to, yeah, you can pay to have an ad in there. But what if you pitched a story about maybe what brought you to the area, why you started your business, what your family's doing in the local community? Maybe you're a huge volunteer. Those are ways to bring a lot of visibility to your brands in a cool way because it is really authentic and everyone wants to work with someone, especially if it's in one of their homes that they feel like they can relate to and trust. Yeah, that's great. That's all great insight. I've, I've read before where like news stations and newspapers and magazines, a lot of these places, they, they need content, right? So a lot of times you can get on a, a spotlight, you know, episode or a, a, whatever you call that on a, on a, like a news channel a 15 minute spotlight thing and sometimes you can even get in there for free because they're they're looking they need something they need to fill those spots right absolutely so i don't think a lot of people realize that you can get a lot of this stuff for free but what what about like if you're trying to do that should you have like a like you said a press page i mean is that important to have like some something set up on their website or or something they can send them i mean how important is that Sure. The first thing that I'll say regarding what we just talked about is don't be afraid to pitch something different. If you're looking at your local news station, maybe you pitch and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in potentially collaborating in an ongoing series where it would just be how, what, however big of a time slot, 60 seconds, five minutes, whatever. Maybe you're a landscaper in this case and you can say, you know, five minute landscaping tricks you can do at home. And you could be showing that on video that they could be featuring. Maybe it's going to be exclusively for their website, whatever it may be. And you're just shooting this one thing. Maybe they come in and shoot it. I don't know. And then, you know, they put up your name and that's how you can be getting traffic. So that was just coming to my mind when you were talking. When it comes to having a press page, I don't think in this case it's absolutely necessary, but you need to go through your homepage and make sure it is very clear what you do, who you are has a mini bio and enables them to see maybe even just one video of how you are on camera, especially if you want to book local television. And if you want to do radio, they need to be able to hear your voice. So those are things that I think are important. A lot of people 
say that you just need a one sheet, which is a PDF to send when you pitch. I strongly advise against that because a lot of those pitches go right in the trash can. People who are good in their industry do not open attachments. So that's why it's good to maybe create an additional page on your website that has, you know, headshot of you, doesn't need to be fancy, a little mini bio explaining who you are, what you do, what your business is about, what you're passionate about, topics you like to speak about. So not just landscaping, but how to use bee-friendly plants in your garden, how to weed without using harmful pesticides, you know, those kinds of things that are a little bit more unique, and then showing how they can contact you. So if you don't want your phone blowing up necessarily from your homepage, you might want to create a press page so that they can get in touch with you. Does that kind of give a couple of pointers? Yeah, yeah. And and you can even like have the the press page hidden, right? So it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. crawled by Google. I mean, that could just be a hidden page that you just send the link to people if if you're just using that for publicity. Exactly. Well, I I know we're getting close to time here and I, I have a few more questions. Hit me. What type of services do you offer? First of all, like if someone's listening to this and like, hey, I really want to have my brand looked at or, you know, colors and all that stuff. What services do you offer? Sure. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, If you want to take the color quiz or the color class, that's on my homepage and that's free. If you want to start with something small, like Brad talked about the color kit, uh, you can start there. I have a more advanced education in the color course. So if you want more in-depth study on what every primary color means and building out your business's brand palette, that might be a good fit. And then if you want, you can always book a color consult with me, which is where we jump on a call. You can walk me through your brain and what your existing scheme is, and we can talk about it and get you pointed more in a clear direction. Awesome. I'll definitely be taking you up on that, Michelle. I need to have a consult because I know I need to have some (laughs) some color correction going on here. (laughs) We can always do that for sure. This is like the million dollar question that doesn't really mean anything. And that is if you could only pick one color what would it be? And I mean, for like, for, for universal, like what yep. would that one color be? Like we all turn that color and everything turns that color. <laughs> um, I would probably have to say green. Uh, I okay. love blue just like you do. You know, it's the world's favorite color, but green in my opinion is the color that the body really can't get too much of and it balances everything. So if you're too hot-tempered, it brings you down. If you're too mellow, it brings you up. If you're feeling uh, a lot of anxiety, it brings more balance. If you're, you know, it's just a really great color for the body. If I'm feeling stressed or I'm having a really busy day, I literally go outside because I'm surrounded by pine trees. And I just look at the color because I know what it does for my body. So I'd have to say green. Is there a certain shade of green that matters or just green across the board? I mean, you can get into like the film sphere where green is a split personality color and they say compare a tree to the skin of the wicked witch and the differences in tone. But no, I'd say just, you know, more of those natural greens. Uh, If I had to pick probably pine tree green. I wonder if there's like a subconscious reason that that the color of money is also green. You know, I think so. I think growth for sure. But it's like you can have the green of a tree. You can also have the green of like spoiled meat. So it's really interesting, like, what our brains do with different colors. I, I never have been able to get to the end of learning about it. And I think that's one of the cool things about color psychology. That's awesome. One last question I like to ask my guest is, what, what book are you reading right now? Or what is a, what's your favorite book? One of those two. 
Sure. I'm reading right now. You can see it's flipped up. I forgot to move it. Uh, it's called Contagious by Jonah Berger. Why Ideas Catch book. On. You love it? I'm upset. Yeah, I'm actually reading his other book, uh, which is what George said. Yes. The, uh, I got all three. So excited. Uh, what's it? The Catalyst. The Catalyst. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's next on my yeah. list. And then he has one more. I just can't remember what it's called, but uh, I'm hammering through those and they've been so good. Have you? Did you like Contagious? I thought it was oh, great. Oh, I love it. It's one of my yeah. top books. Yeah. The bar with inside the telephone booth. Yes. I want to go. In New York, I think it's where it's at. $100 Philly cheesesteak. It's like, let's do this. I'm I'm willing. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, that, the Contagious is one of my, is, is a top 10 books. So that's funny. And then I'm reading The Catalyst right now because George recommended it when I was listening to this. You're his ahead podcast, of me. So. I got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle, I appreciate you being on. The whole color world is fascinating to me. Um, and, and I do know that it, it does affect how people buy and their moods and all that. And I think it's important for contractors to understand how their logos and their brands and all that stuff affect the uh, their business. So I really appreciate you being on, on the show. So thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in and you know where to find me on all the social media platforms. You can search for hammer and grind podcasts, follow us on Facebook and uh, discord and all the other places, you know, where to find us. So uh, until next time, you know what to do. Be the best version of you. 